Got a poor man, got a Cumberland blues. He can't win for losing. Got a poor man, got to walk the line just to pay his union dues. I don't know now, I just don't know if I'm going back again.
Selling carabiners or crop tops? Start selling with Shopify. Join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. That's the story of my life. That's the difference between wrong and right. But Billy said both those words are different. See about it. I'm in the wrong lane. Chasing that change. Get 
How high is the water, mama? Two feet high and rising. How high is the water, papa? You said it's two feet high and rising. Well, we can make it to the road in a homemade boat, cause that's the only thing we got left that'll float. It's already over all the wheat and oats. Two feet high and rising. How high is the water, mama? Three feet high and rising. How high is the water, Papa? She said it's three feet high and rising. Well, the hives are gone, I lost my bees. Chickens are sleeping in the willow trees. Cows in water up past her knees. Three feet high and rising. How high is the water, Mama? Four feet high and rising. How high is the water, Papa? She said it's four feet high and rising. Hey, come look through the window pane. The bus is coming, gonna take us to the train. Looks like we'll be blessed with a little more rain. Four feet high and rising. How high's the water, mama? Five feet high and rising. How high's the water, papa? She said it's five feet high and rising. Well, the rails are washed out north of town. We gotta head for higher ground. We can't come back till the water goes down. Five feet high and rising. Well, it's five feet high and rising.
All right, yes, here we are. That's uh, that's Remy Flo. Dig that, man. That's one of the uh, contributors from the basement because it's no lie in the basement and we're miles apart. No surprise, going to rise from the basement. And what it is, it's home recorded, it's any style, any genre. It just has to be recorded where you sleep, and that's where Remy Flo did that. So I'm just kind of doing some uh, of these artists from uh, 2022, and that's kind of where we are here. At Mutiny Radio in the corner of 21st and Florida. That's right, Gray. You're out there mingling, loitering. Ah, where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. It's um, it's winter. This is the 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 week between Christmas and New Year's. Supposed to be a good week. I guess this is a week to go do things. Uh, I heard if you want to go, like up to the mountains or something, this is the week. But now look at, who knows. But yeah, it's a good, uh, people are, you know, doing things. Um, the holidays are, are um, behind us. Kind of nice. Um, you know, it can make for a longer winter, but I don't know. I, that doesn't really apply to me anymore. <laughs> it's like really no winter to speak of around here. But those of you who are, uh, man, the lake effect, whoo. I didn't look what's going on in, in Chicago, but Buffalo, oh my God. Still snowing there. Yeah. Um, I can remember my my grandma lived right off the lake, but like in on the um, uh, Indiana uh, uh, Michigan border, and it was just far enough. So you'd leave, you know, you'd leave Chicago, and it's like dry, and <laughs> then about about like ten miles from their house, it would just be holy shit. It'd be like three feet of snow in like blizzard, but it was it was so. That was uh, going to Grandma's house on Christmas, man, and just risking your life in the snow on the highway. Oh, man, that was the best, knowing that you had a nice warm house and a, and a killer meal. Solid. I uh, hope you had uh, a good one, and, uh, yeah, we're working on the new year, but we got good news. We're, we're, we're going to be here for at least another year. And uh, we've got a nice uh, infusion. If you come through the website, uh, continue to infuse us. Uh, we've got enough to maybe um, to to fix things that were broke. I mean, we were like, you know, like the toilet was broke. I mean, you know, figuratively, um, the toilet and you know, you know, the roof leaked and bad. But um, we're we're gonna fix all that stuff and uh, provide you with even better programming in the future. Um, no, I mean the programming has always been solid. That's never been an issue here at Mutant Radio. Um, so what am I doing? I just playing some uh, Basement Folk, and I am uh, brought some records in, too, so let's see. And I, I, I haven't been good. You know, uh, you know, uh, Scott was here from Flat Black Plastic and gave me the Joe's Garage record. Thank you. I worked on a little, yeah, we did a little barter thing there. Worked out nicely. And um, he's like, yeah, you should write that stuff down. And I, and I started, and then I forgot. Uh, Michael Rui we did in there. He was on Reverb Nation, uh, uh, Pleasure Paradise, no, Pre Pleasure Parade, they were good. Remy Flow. Let's see, maybe I can go, if I go back to the, um, there, and, ah, uh, nah, I'm not gonna, uh, let me tell you about the records we played, though. Uh, Grand Funk Live, that was, uh, Mistreater, that was an instrumental, but holy moly, that was the three-piece, uh, those, like, three dudes from Michigan, and then they added some, you know, in the in the day, but this was like, man, they were really, really 
stored it up. Uh, Johnny Cash, uh, Five Feet High and Rising, The Velvet Underground. Uh, we did um, what's uh, what's inside? No one's my knife. That's uh, the story of my life. Dig. Hey, bro, 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 bro. Um, Rolling Stones, 2000 Light Years from Home. Uh, from the Working Man Dead record, we did some uh, blues song. Oh, Tiny Writing. Warning, Cumberland Blues. Did uh, Balzac from the. Uh, sorry about that speed thing, man. I was just uh, first chatting it up, and I didn't really pay attention that it that was a that's a big 45 so that was a big boo-boo on there sorry about that Balzac uh Led Zeppelin uh we had um uh Kay Jizzle in there if you looking for him on uh on uh, SoundCloud and and uh we had uh Force Medication that's another good one look at that look at that um yeah he's got something going on The Ventures from the Let's Go record we did El Watusi that was good. Uh, and the, from that Joe's Garage, we did uh, Side One, Cut One. I don't know this record. Uh, token of My Extreme. And we opened up with Free, the band, from the Fire and Water. We did uh, All Right Now. And uh, what are we going to do? Let's do this. Uh Caught up with 
Shopify presents cool sheets from AHA to I suffered from the
stuff is a drag. It's like the old days. Come on. Tell a story you told yesterday. for you I'd never reach the sun for you I've never done the things that you need done for you I've stretched as high as I can reach I guess I'm not the one for you cause I can't touch the clouds or reach the sun for you no I can't touch the clouds the sun now I can't turn back time for you and make you sweet 16 again I can't turn your barren fields to green again and I can't sit around and talk about what might have been again beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go take a look at the five and ten it's glistening once again with candy canes and silver lines that glow it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas yeah. toys and every store sight to see is the holy that will be on your own front door a pair of hobble on 
on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. Never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Snoople Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Let's. I'm all for it. That's what I'm here for. Let's watch a full-length movie. After five years of, of, of doing these show every week on Mutiny Radio, I've learned I can remember our podcast acronym, by stressing the L, and that's the only way I remember the W, the A, the F, the L, the M, the O, the Y, the T. Right, right, right. I'm you a super sharp shooter, super sharp shooter, shooter, super sharp. The S, the H, the L, the a, W, the A, the F, the L, the M, the super sharp shooter. I gotta find that song, Carl. Do you know it? No, but clearly you do. Uh, yeah, I do. I have a song in my heart. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube here on Mutiny Radio. Dot .fm, the internet radio direct from the Mission District of San Francisco. You yeah. can find it by typing in mutinyradio.fm and just hit listen now. And we are on every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, San Francisco Mission District Time, 5 p.m. Weird Jersey <laughs> Time. I, I decided you live in Weird New Jersey. Yeah, well, you live in the Pacific Time, but I live in the specific time eastern uh, time it's weird yeah you know if, what we're, we're gonna do is we're gonna watch a full-length movie on youtube so you'll be watching the youtube video and you'll be listening to us as we stream on muniradio.fm or you can listen to our podcast it drops every sunday courtesy of muni radio at uh l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t use that magic acronym subscribe to us on itunes yeah. and you know what? Use that magic acronym on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel and we post the videos of the podcast and the movies are already synced up. So you can listen to us this way, whatever way. We would love for you to donate, please, some Mutiny Radio, please. <laughs> I did that like desperate, please. You ever do yeah. that? Yeah. You're like, can you do your homework? Please, would you please? please? <laughs> I did the homework, please. Uh, so you can donate. Please, uh, either by going to mutinyradio.fm and hit the link, and it'll take you to Patreon. You can go to Patreon and look for it there, or go to Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Throw in five bucks, uh, help us out. We are uh, we love it. We we do it from your donations. 
uh, and other ways, you know, and there's live shows Monday and Fridays. Uh, go to the website, check out the details. Speaking of details, Carl, what is the movie this week? We are going to watch The Boneyard 1991. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Boneyard is one word, The Boneyard 1991. Okay, so I'm going to RedTube, and I'm typing in The Boneyard. Red tube. Oh, you are a super shooter. <laughs> a super sharp shooter at The Boneyard. Super sharp. Uh, any more dick jokes before we start? Yes. <laughs> well, the channel, the channel we like is B Movie Archive Two. That's not a dick joke, but give me a couple minutes. B yeah. Movie Archive Two. You know that sounds like an interesting channel, uh, dick joke or not. I'm gonna probably check it out and probably check out the B Movie Archive One, Three. All right, so go ahead. Type in the Boneyard, 1990. Uh, find the link. 1991. The war just started. Uh, go ahead and uh, 1991, The Boneyard. And then uh, when you see the B-Movie Archive 2 mm -hmm. panel, click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. And when we say go, hit go, and we'll watch the movie synced up. Now, we have a very special celebrity comedian to do our countdown for the movie. And let's find out a little bit more uh, about the celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Jessica Miranda. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. It's great to be here. Now, we've been knowing each other a long time in the comedy community here in beautiful, sunny New Jersey. I even knew you, like, when you first started out. How long ago was that? Oh, it's it's about it's three years, and I, I I never know whether I should completely count the uh, the year that we were in lockdown, but I, it's been three. Yes, it's three years. Yeah, so that is, I mean, if that's only three years, you've really come a long way. I mean, you're booked all the time. You were booked a lot in 2021, despite the pandemic. So, but the pandemic's put us on Zoom things. I know that you haven't done many Zoom shows, but we've been on Zooms together. You got Sharon Simon's virtual comedy club Zoom thing in the pandemic. But, I mean, what's different for you on Zoom than live that maybe keeps you away from Zoom? Okay. So, you know, I, I did Zoom uh, pretty regularly for uh, almost eight or nine months during mm. the lockdown, and I got very used to it. Uh, but it's almost, it has a feeling of like you're recording for television. Uh, you don't interact with anyone. You're looking at this tiny little circle on your laptop. Yeah. And um, so the, the feeling is very different uh, than when you're on stage. So I found that I was, uh, when I was coming off of Zoom and back onto stage, I, I I felt like I really couldn't go back and forth easily. I don't, a lot of people can do it. I see them uh -huh, doing uh -huh. it, but I couldn't. So I haven't done Zoom for almost nine months now. And then I just did my first little Zoom show recently and it felt good. It was good practice, you know, but I just, um, it's it's just hard for me to go back and forth. That's, yeah, uh, that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, cause when you get on stage, it's a much different feeling than uh, being in the Zoom. You might be delivering setup punch, but it's not the same as being in the room. Of course you must prefer being live just like me, right? Zoom is- Exactly. Yes, exactly. And I, and you know, it's funny because, but I, you, you mentioned that I, you know, get booked a lot and it's, I'm pretty new as a comedian. And I know yeah. that that's a lot surprising to a lot of people, but 
I think it was really the Zoom experience and meeting and networking with all the people that I met over the whole time on Zoom that got me booked in 2021. Um, yeah, you know, there, I would, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, I was just gonna say there are positives to this pandemic, even though they're just happenstance like that networking and stuff. So you were saying that some of your uh, meeting people, your contacts got you booked uh, for real. For real. I mean, I, you know, I started out with Dat Fan and Friends in the very beginning, which was great because I was meeting all these people from L.A. And um, yeah. and then when I, I, I decided, well, I was it was actually uh, brought up to me that I really should be um, working with more New York and New Jersey area comedians. So then I started to look for more Zoom shows in this area and I found Comedy Therapy with Jim and Drinos. And I started to do their mics and their shows. Um, and uh, then I did a, uh, a contest with them with 64 comedians, and I ended up winning first place. And, <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah, and it was, it was unbelievable. It was such an exciting time, and it was a month-long competition, and I was just doing working at it every day because we were That's all just great. locked down. Yeah, so it was exciting. And in that time, I you know got exposure. Uh, Cara Montgomery ended up booking me live on Funny Women of a Certain Age from that. Um, and then from there, I got, you know, seen from a lot of other bookers and, and just it's just been a great, uh, you know, path to doing lots and lots of comedy in great places. And Mendros also has that like comedy writing class I think you're involved with now. Yes. And it's funny because he gave it to me a couple of times, which is because I've been working with him for a while, doing live shows and Zoom shows and also running a mic for him. Mm -hmm. And um I haven't been able to sit down and really focus for 30 days every day. It's a daily exercise. So um, this is my third time actually signing up for it. But uh -huh. this time I'm really, I'm really committed to doing the work every day for 30 days. And so we're like on day eight now and uh, it's going very well. So, and I'm actually taking it with my sister. So we're doing uh -huh. it together. It's always fun to take stuff together. And so it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You're both comedians and there's a lot to learn from there. And one of the things about zoom uh, that I found interesting. I mean, as you know, we are on Mutiny Radio right now, and that our show has been on Mutiny Radio for years and years and years. And you met our fearful leader, Pam Benjamin, not through Mutiny, but through these Zooms, right? Yes, yes. I met Pam Benjamin very early in the pandemic because I was put into a group of comedians from all over. I don't even know who put me in that group, mm. but I was in this group where... We were just meeting up on Zoom every night for socializing and also going over new material and bits and just getting to know each other. And Pam was in there and I, you know, she was always like, you know, just such a friendly person and just, That's you know, her. just a fun person. Yeah, she's a great person to talk to. And I haven't spoken to her in a while, but I'm I'm, I'm excited to, you know, remember and, and think about that time yeah. period. And she's an amazing cook. She's like a chef. She's amazing. <laughs> she does everything. I mean, she <laughs> yes. keeps this place together and we love yeah. her. Bam, Benjamin, that's great. So one of the reasons you're busy and can't be like focusing all the time is because you've been a teacher for over 20 years and that puts you also in like Zoom situations, right? What's that been like? Yeah, teaching is, you know, it's been really amazing. Kids are resilient and the teachers are resilient. And I think everybody's had a great attitude, but it's it's been, it's had its challenges. Um, but I really also feel like, um, although I focus a lot on my teaching career, teaching is really 
been, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a, a platform for me to, to practice comedy my whole 20 something years <laughs> because I've had this. Yeah, I have a captive audience in my in my <laughs> palm of my hand. Like every every uh, five periods a day, I can tell the same story five different times and see which way. <laughs> and so it, that's kind of my open mic. My open mic is my classroom. Yeah. So you've, you've, you're, you're doing the curriculum, but in between you get to say, you know, and like you said, you can work on your joke as you yeah. go through the multiple classes. That's like a, yeah. trying it out at five open mics. Yeah, exactly. A day, you know, and they love hearing my personal stories, you mm -hmm. know, if the ones that are fitting to, to them. And um, it's kind of interesting, especially about my kids and different things. And they relate to, you know, video game playing and whatever the case may be. But it's it's a it's a lot of fun. And I didn't even realize that I'm practicing all these years, you know. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. yeah, you've been a performer. The yeah. material just wasn't it was a little dry. But right. Um, okay, so how can people find you out there on the internet, a website, your social media? How do people get in touch, learn about yeah. your shows? Well, I have a website, and it's um, Jessica Marie. I'm sorry, Jessica Miranda Comedian. Uh, dot com. That's my website. And then also on Facebook, I'm just Jessica Miranda. And on Instagram, I'm Jessica underscore Miranda underscore comedian. So you guys can find me on any of those places. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you follow me and, and see the shows that I have going on soon. I guess Jessica Miranda comedian dot com is like the first stop to see yeah. what's coming up for you, right? It, yes, that's where I have all of my shows, uh, you know, um, current shows and future shows. My calendar's up there. And um, actually, my I'm really excited about my photo gallery because I'm just such a visual uh -huh. person. So if you ever check out my website, make sure you check out the photo gallery because I love those pictures that I have <laughs> up there. I think you're in a couple of them, Carl. You're in a few yeah. of them from the, from the Big Red Buzzer show. Oh, wow, the Big Red Buzzer. Wow, we're going back then. Way that back. was a great night. You really killed that night, and you didn't get yeah. buzzed, right? You didn't get gone. Yeah, I didn't get you buzzed. Just... I, I, I actually came in second place that night. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there in a in a tuxedo judging you. Oh, yeah. oh well, I didn't <laughs> gone yet. Okay, so, Jessica, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same second that we do. Okay, we've all got our fingers hovering over the play button. So why don't you go ahead, Jessica Miranda, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Okay, guys, get ready to watch your movie. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Oh, that was great. Great comedian countdown. And now the boneyard. And now yes. to the boneyard. And now the boneyard. And Nelson, hey, how many people are in this movie? Like three? Yeah. No, there was like Five to seven. There's a Norman Fell. I yeah. caught that. Yeah. Stillman. Denise Young. I wonder if I could do a Norman Fell impersonation. Mine's all visual. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just want to say I'm already mad at this movie. I mean, what a waste of your opening. Here we have an opening, and we're going to see black and right. the credits. And we hear creepy music. We hear scary music. A that, movie's allowed to do that. Of course, all movies are. But you're wasting a very important part of your movie. What is the atmosphere, the mood, the setting? Set us well, up. You, you can know, take I, I disagree. I just, you know, if it's best. I love movies that just show me the title and start the movie. Yeah. And then at the end, do the end credits. But if not, do all the proper credits. Don't give me a, uh, any tip of what it is. And then 
You know, James Cumming, bring it on. Because okay. this is the image. Yeah. Now it begins. He's entering the door. Yeah. 420. Just 420? I don't know. It's 42. Yes. Oh, is it 42? Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's 43. Sorry. <laughs> That's even worse. It's That's even worse. <laughs> That's a misdemeanor. Well, Look at his the, rabbit's foot. wonder what that means. There's a rabbit walking around hating that dude. Uh, <laughs> hobbling. Limping. Yeah, Limping. hobbling. Uh, damn male and leaves. I can't tell them apart. They're all uh, junk mail for leave uh, raking services. Leave, yeah, remove. <laughs> leave removal. Autumn serve. Uh, autumn cleanup. Fall cleanup. Right. Services. We clean up vo rogue vines. This is North Carolina. That's why we're seeing these like vines and. Oh yeah, the ivy's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Eddie Munster. <laughs> Looks like a Pez dispenser. No, he's like James Vanderbrook. This guy's name is David Crusoe. Huh. Wonder why. Well, he oh, has been one of the five. His name is James Oosterman. He's being. Yes. He, I don't know. He. The, the the director wrote this with this guy in mind. He was once he was in Species Space Invaders, uh, and he was on a TV movie called Cast a Deadly Spell as a Werewolf. But more than that, he's like, he's a prop and model maker. He worked on dinner for schmucks like doing those mice yeah because i thought i saw his credit elsewhere but um what was an early credit you mentioned because i think i know what it is well there's species and there's spaced invaders oh so is it spaced uh, invaders yeah. with a d mm -hmm. yeah so that is like a wacky comedy and i might have you have uh randy quaid in that but interesting yeah it's one of those movies I used to see the video, the DVD box, you know. Right. Now, what the director's doing here is he's faking out you that we've started our movie. And we're entering some creepy, spooky, ghosty house or something, you know. It's a creepy, spooky, ghosty house? <laughs> well, I don't know. You have to listen. T turn the music on for a minute. Turn the sound. Oh, all right. Yes, sir. It sounds like one of those industrial. Oh no! Here comes the helicopter. It's going to ruin the uh, sound. <laughs> sounds like a helicopter. I'm in the uh, a lot of helicopters here in the Mission District. We can't hear it. Wait, there. Oh, we good. Go. It's louder than the. It's louder than the audio. So. Why is that good? <laughs> A lot of helicopters. Helicopters, as we say in Oakland. So anyway, you're noticing the creepy music, right? You know what? I think I have it on mute. No, I do. It sounds like those cassettes of industrial drone that I used to get in the mail. Well, you know, like what the director's ZF. doing. He's like trying to trick us that the movie started. And really, it's just going to pay off in a joke. The woman they're going there to see is sleeping in bed. You know, and she's covered up with a lot of blankets. Oh, so there's nothing haunting. There's no conjuring needed in this house. 
Right. So so the director's doing something a little clever. Now, this director, he never directed Hollywood movies. He did three B movies. But for Hollywood, he would do, like, special effects of makeup. And right. he was one of those guys who would sculpt, like, he sculpted the face studies for Enemy Mine and, like, for Cocoon and Jaws 3D. And he was a sculptor kind of guy. <laughs> well, I mean... He worked enough in, in films, you know, he, he probably wanted to direct. Yeah. Okay, so this is where she's going to pop up? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a payoff, and it's only slightly funny. Uh, it's really not strong enough. Are they going to get it on? Is, is this the boning yarn yet? No, they're not going to get it on. This woman is uh, very fat. So? I paid one good money. I'll watch. Okay. Well, yeah, I paid. All right. Okay, I'm going back to red tube. Okay, they are. Are they are going to bone her? Uh, you just got to wait a little bit into the film right. to let you know. Oh, so this is the monster. Yeah, with a pillow fight. Now look, the director's got him going for his gun. Right. Yeah, There's no breaking that this is a. He knocked monster. him down the staircase. Right. You know, I know in movies you don't get hurt, but that two staircases. You get fucked up at that point. <laughs> Not all of us are stuntmen. Look at this, this Arnie direction. Up there is the monster. Boom. Slowly I descend step by step. Uh oh. I still can't tell if she's pixelated. Oh, there she is. Oh, so that's it. So now we start. Gladys. <laughs> she's the hero. That's cool. Yeah, she's the hero. And she's like, you know, privacy. I mean, what are you guys doing? You walk into my house. I'm sleeping. A lot of people sleep. Do they know each other? Yeah, they've worked on past cases. She's like a psychic lady. Well, she, not, not when she's uh, off the clock, apparently. <laughs> well, she's had enough, you see. Uh, when she has her psychic experiences, she, like, undergoes the emotions that that involves. Seeing creepy, disgusting things, seeing murders. So she's like a, a extra medium. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of those, help the cops with the psychic ladies. But then, it, will there be a cop that go? I don't like you talking to her. No, there won't. I know why you said that. That is, I know that movie. Which movie is that? Where oh wait, there's like a cop calls a psychic, and there's it's like the, every movie. The chief goes, I don't believe in this. If the mayor's office didn't order me to do this, right, right, right. The mayor's <laughs> office. <laughs> But if I hear one word about the mayor's office. <laughs> Where did you, how? 16 police cruisers. We only have 13. Police cruisers. Where did you find? That You're talking about my bit where Laundry Basket of Justice, where Laundry Basket gets called in by Where the did you get the three other police cruisers? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Really? Twice in the chest. 
Oh, I didn't know Mary Lou Henner dated Tony Danza on the set of Taxi. <laughs> of course I'm familiar with Gary Busey's chili. All right, <laughs> Detective Laundry Basket. Yeah, along those if lines. If you do another laundry-related pun, I'm going to bring you out and hang you up to dry. Laundry Basket! Now get out of here before I get depressed and steamed. <laughs> laundry Basket! Yeah, he hated those. The chief really hated those laundry uh, basket, laundry related puns. <laughs> yeah, you know, I never thought of that was my my partner in laundry basket. Is, uh, <coughs> mute the whole time, but you know, uh, I don't. I could, couldn't think of another routine. I can never top that one. I did another bit where they're on a stakeout. Uh-huh. He's laundry is detective laundry basket's partner. You know what yeah, your problem I is, detective? Been a writer for you. I would have loved to help. <laughs> We would, you know, anytime you need Detective Laundry Basket to do a uh, a cameo or a cross uh-huh. uh, for Waterman. That sounds perfect. Yeah, I would love, I would love a cameo. <laughs> An appearance. So you're in a different. We'd have to be visiting the city or something, and we right, yeah, of course, interagency cooperation. And that way, we could have the uh, Laundry Basket zones start and yell at him. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. You could be maybe the state troopers. I should just tell you, the reason I'm not talking is this is just going on and on and on. All they're doing is she's saying, I don't want this anymore, Jersey. That's his name, Jersey. And then he's saying, um, then he he's saying, you know, people need you. You're helping people. Uh, he, he's kind of trying to spin it so don't be selfish, even though he never goes that far. Can you dig it? Yeah. But it goes on and on and on. It's really a B-movie here. Well, you mean they're padding out the time or they're just letting the actors out? Uh, good question. I think it's just bad writing. Bad writing. The, the, yeah, because choice. it is repeating. I think they're going script line by line here. I don't think they were trying to like say, like, okay, our ending rent short. Let's stretch it in the. It just right. doesn't seem. Well, now, her name is Allie Oates, and she was in True Beverly Hills. She was in Ski Patrol, and she was in Fugitive Lovers in 1975. And that's it. Huh. Well, Fugitive Lovers sounds like a great movie. <laughs> yeah. And Are they sounds, like fans of the TV show? It sounds like a candidate for um, uh, being on YouTube. Oh, right. Hi, welcome. It's our new podcast, Carl and Mike with Fugitive Lovers. <laughs> the 1960s original. We were watching the, the Tim Daly. You know, there was a version 10 years ago. Or no, 20 uh-huh. years ago. They remade The Fugitive with Tim Daly. So they've, they're constantly, you know, got ideas out there for The Fugitive Lovers. Tim Daly? Did I know I his so. face? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess. I said it though. <laughs> oh, damn! Sigh. Him. You know, every time I, I get, I deep. You know, every time I'm in that state, I can rest my head against it. And you say sig. They sig. Yeah, when we were uh, kids, we would read Charlie Brown, and we read that as sig. Oh, S I G H. Right. Is silent. Right. We were in third grade or whatever. Yeah, you're <laughs> like sig. Ah, uh, sig. 
Okay, so they have gone away and said, fine, you want to be left alone? Goodbye. And now she's sitting there like, oh, woe is me. I've, you know, she quit her job at the library. She was like the school librarian or some bullshit. And How many people, is it a small town, right? Or like... Yes, yes. This was shot, well, it doesn't really talk about where the town is, but this was shot in North Carolina, essentially. It was, um, where is it? Well, it's not jumping out in, in front of me right now, but our star uh, lived in Greensboro, North Carolina. So maybe that's why they chose this place to shoot. Here it is, right. Statesville and Asheville, North Carolina, which are kind of off the beaten path. Not known for its film industry. Yeah. Now, this what else was shot there? Like uh, Mason Dixie Car Wash? <laughs> yeah. Car Wash? It was... Come on down to Bob's Discount, Kill Me a Yankee Car Used Autos, where I, if you don't get a deal, I'll kill me a Yankee. Feature in 2000 Maniacs, yep, two, over hundreds of maniacs. Now she's having a vision. Okay. Yeah, do you think the vision, all right, in her house? Yeah, like what she, she sleeps. Well, she's sort of sitting there in that chair sleeping right now, but we don't really know because we're with her the whole time. Now now she's having a vision, and when the vision ends, she'll be back there in that seat. So do these steps count for the day, or if you walk in a vision, do you count those steps? <laughs> it depends. I mean, if it's on your Fitbit, if it's on your iPhone, then you, you know. I'm going to get those 5K daily. You physically did it if it's on your iPhone. Oh, it's oh. the troll from Troll. There's the the sound of uh, a crying baby outside. It looks like a hand is holding it. No, it's not. Right. Or... It does look like a hand. Oh. Some doors require a lot of hand holding. Oh, like who? Roy Orbison? No, <laughs> I fuck, I fucked that joke up for you. God damn it. Jim Morrison? Oh, how pretty. Hey. Ah, ah, that's so scary. Ah, I'm yeah. coming towards you. Get I away, puppeteer. Towards you. Scary marinette, go I away. I like to be an actress. Look at those I bones. I lost from the a bone. lot of weight for this part. Okay, look. Hugging. Not oh. attacking. Hugging. Her, you know, if your movie's called The Boneyard, you should get some more realistic skeleton in there. <laughs> It looks like a marionette. Oh, sorry. I haven't seen the hugging yet. What do you know what a skeleton looks like? Oh, I've seen plenty of skeletons. I don't need to. She's hugging like mommy or something. But we'll never have this followed up in the film. It's it, like you would think with this, that would mean at the end of the film, when she's going to eat everybody, she'd say, give me a hug or something, right? Wait, when she what? Everybody? She eats everybody? Yeah, like when the you know they're attacking and stuff. Oh, I see. Like to end the the crisis and save our movie, she shows a little love, right? Right. But, oh, yeah. He didn't do that. Now look at her. She woke up. She's all freaked out. So she's going to be rash and impulsive and burn all her collection. Yeah, I, dude, I would not light a fire in that house. <laughs> you gonna? If I was her roommate, I'd be like, oh, Jesus. Christ. Christ, you gotta stay off that shit. Yeah. 
Now, in December 1989, a botched special effect did did cause a fire on the set. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I, I'm sorry I'm kidding. I hope everyone was okay. No, they weren't okay. And shame on you, Michael. Terrible, Wait, terrible. I, I was just saying. I didn't. But it is very funny. I, I see your sense of humor, Mark. Very, Mike, very dark. Oh, did you call me Mike Mariner? Yes. Now, they did uh, $850,000 they spent on this thing. It went straight to DVD, to VHS. So I really don't know how they did. Like, this is really interesting. The VHS rental box, it was two boxes. One was promoting it as a horror film, and the other one as a comedy. Um, and the, there's a poodle on the box. You'll meet the poodle later. The comedy box slips right over the horror box. So that's kind of neat. Really strange. I never heard of that before. Yeah. You know, uh, I I have a, my only film book right now is from a psychotronic video guy. And he likes this movie a lot. Uh-huh. He, he said it was a good movie. Which normally he doesn't have to. <laughs> you know, when, oh. you, when you review hundreds of movies like this, you don't have to say it's good. You just tell it what it is and people right. watch it. And he went out of his way. Out of his it way. It was good. Emphasize that it was good. Yeah. That's good. Now, she had her vision. Okay. Um, Ashley. And therefore, she's come down to the station and say, okay, I just had a vision. I'll help you. And now they're seeing an interview of the mortician. This mortician, right? He captured children kept them locked up, fed them food from the corpses that he was trafficking through there, you know? He would uh-huh. take it off their back so he could still embalm the body and make it look pretty. And then he would feed, yeah. And so he made them into demons, okay? And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, so that's the backstory. But meanwhile, and, the guy behind her is, like, bored out of his mind. He's been looking at his watch during this yeah, there is not yet uh, a reason for him to be compelled. Uh, he's on. He's it's it's a job. He's nine to five and he's on the case. Whatever you say, boss. Peyton Place guy is the boss. Oh wow, Jersey. His name's Jersey. Do you like that idea? He's called Jersey. Uh, I don't know what it means. He's a North Carolina person. Like, do they not mean New Jersey? It's just like, you know, yeah, like well, a jacket, a, a name. He's old, so maybe it's old enough. <laughs> New Jersey, 1684. Not exactly. Oh, all right, so he was 1621. This guy did sculpting for Enemy Mind, The Thing, in 1982. Cocoon, wow. Jaws 3D, Star Trek for The Voyage Home. He's our only connection. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, 1988. Yeah. He, he's been in every movie I watched during that movie. Heartbeat. Never saw Heartbeat. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I avoided it because it just looks so stupid. It's about it's computers an- and robots and stuff. Yeah, but it's Andy Kaufman. So it's impossible to watch, to find. It's impossible to find? That's well, I'm not gonna, you're going to type it in YouTube? God bless you. <laughs> Should I check out Heartbeats? I haven't seen. Yeah, you know, my brother remembers seeing it as a kid, and he's like, "Well, it's a, yeah, it's a ridiculous movie." It's, 
I would like, see this because well, I mean, Andy Kaufman made a movie where he's a robot. Okay. Madeline Connor, Bernard Connor, who the other robot? So I don't know. But now they're like, she like wants to go down to the morgue where the corpses are, and she wants to get an object, and that will help her have vision. And oh, you see, she's got an earring there. See the earring? Yes. Yeah, that's the signal. I'm a chick. You can, I, I wore earrings. <laughs> I'm a girl. She looks like a chick. You don't think so? I think she looks like a chick. I think she should grow her hair out a little. <laughs> so, what about the children? Wearing a hat. I'm sorry. I want to know the status of the children. Okay. Which children? The one the mortician was talking about. No, they're dead. They're Listen, dead I in had the a... morgue. They're dead and in the morgue. I knew that he was feeding the corpses to them. Yes. That killed them? Uh, no, he eventually killed them. Oh, all right. And this is revealed in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Does this movie get even more grotesque? Uh, this movie will be hideous and horrible, and I hate it. Uh, we're 22 minutes in, and uh, <laughs> you see your point. <laughs> like, this is like a full on horror movie? It's not full on because there's comedy in it. It's not a very funny movie. It's not a good movie. Now, your movie review guy knows better than me. I'm not joking because that's his job. I'm going to find it. I'm going to pull it right now from the, from the tape. Okay? If I may? Sure. I'm going to go over to the uh, studio bookcase. Okay, get a good look at this building because you won't see the outside again until the very last second of the movie. Uh. Okay, psychotronic video guy. Look, see? Look. It's a house. Well, it's it's the morgue, but you're not going to see the outside of it again until the very last frame. Oh, so we're going to be stuck in the morgue for the rest yeah. of this movie? We are walking into our movie 25 minutes in. Well, you know, I always feel like 25 minutes into the movie, it's the poster, as you said. Right, act two. You, well, that's you, you, fair. That's fair. That's really very movie-esque of this, then. Yeah. You know, you're allowed that time to let the characters go. Now, you can see it's happy Thanksgiving time. It's November. And they really did shoot. Let's see here. I think it's just because, yeah, that's... They started shooting. They shot for five weeks. They started November 13th through December 20th. So wherever they're shooting here, whatever location they were able to get, because it's no studio. It's like an old lady home or something, a nursing home or something. Right. It had a happy Thanksgiving up when they were working there during the day. Oh, there's Phyllis Stiller. Yeah, no wig. The director insisted she not wear a wig. Why not? Because she's she's not Phyllis Stiller. She's the creepy mortician. Although I'm sure she talks exactly like Phyllis Stiller. Can you believe this thing? Ah, all right, here we go. Aha, ha, ha. You know, my husband's thing. Oh, yeah, that was her husband's name in her act. She used to say, my, my husband Fang is permanent. My husband's in real life. 
They were temporary. Hmm. Alright, here we go. Alright, that sounds like Phyllis. Filler. San Francisco's legendary comedian. Yeah, San Francisco's. That's where she got her break. She she used to live, I don't know, the Midwest or something, and she would make all of her neighbors laugh. She'd make the other mothers laugh. She'd do stuff at the PTA. Like, she had a natural affinity for making people laugh, and she loved the attention. But, you know, that's all it ever was, you know. Then, she had a great act, though. Then she moved to San Francisco because of her husband's job, and she got a she was a secretary at a television show. And she got it together to put on a nightclub act. And the, the people who did the show went and saw it. They loved it. And they gave her a spot on there, you know. And that's how she began on TV, you know, by – the next thing she knows, she was all over TV. And she got this uh, – uh, she got connected with Bob Hope uh, somehow doing the USO shows, going to Nam with them. Yeah. All right, I found the here we go. This is from uh, Michael J. Weldon. He wrote, uh, he had a great magazine called Psychotronic Video, uh, where it was interviews and movie reviews. And I have his old video guide. The Boneyard. Here's a film with a difference. Suspenseful, serious, and surprising, but has some unexpected laughs too. Scary, slimy, mummy-like little cannibal zombies and old city morgue are Asian-like Kiyoshi uh, kids with tails. Our Deborah Rose plays a reluctant psychic heroine who happens to weigh about 300 pounds. Former Corman uh, regular Ed Nelson, the brain eater, is a patient cop called Jersey. Phyllis Stiller, without a wig, is a mean, nasty old woman who runs the morgue. Norman Fell, and in parentheses he has an with a ponytail and earrings, is a mortician. Won't believe the Big Daddy like uh, Big Daddy Roth like monster dealer becomes or the giant poodle monster two exclamation <laughs> Cummings also did FX filmed in Statesville and Asheville North Carolina yeah Wait, well, not... he said it's good he said it's good yeah he said it's serious and funny and the, and the film is different you know gotcha but I mean I'm sure like zombie poodles is like walking the park or something <laughs> Well, I'm mad at this film for a bunch of reasons. One of them is the way that you see Norman Fell. He does have this big, like, mustache. That's him there. He's oh, I see. behind. If I was this director, I'd be like, hey, Mr. Roper, roll him, right? Can you get a sweater vest, please? I would want Mr. Roper. You'd be playing music. Boo, 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 do, <laughs> do, 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 do. Hello. I know the themes to the Ropers. Oh, that was their 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 spinoff show. Yeah. So Mr. Oh. and Mrs. Roper left Reese Company to do their own show, where they go into a condo or something with a couple that included uh, Jeffrey Tambor. And Don Knox showed up on the. That's right. Don Knox became the new landlord for. Which Trimble. worked. It really worked. No one ever. Fell out of love with Mr. Roper, though. No, I mean, Mr. Roper, I mean, for what the show was, he was always still, like... You see uh, the three bodies, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're fucking undead, my man. Are they at least of age? 
Are they children? Yes. Shut up. They are undead children, yes. This movie is really... What? What? <laughs> Creepy, right? I mean... So if they were I undead didn't... adults, that's cool. But I didn't... Listen, I'm one of those assassins. There's never anything about children. But Take the shot, Carl. Take the shot. What I is... never said there'd be children involved. <laughs> oh, is that uh, Scarface? Yeah, that's Scarface. Scarface, he's driving around the U.N. like... Uh, Don't do it. Fuck you, man! Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> right, and then suddenly he's not a cool criminal anymore. I told you not to fuck with me, you monkey. You want to go to war? <laughs> I'm not doing it right. Well, I mean, like, he was going to be, like, sitting on the uh, the, the star chamber. Here, Mike. I'm sorry. Look how long we dwelled in that one spot going talky-talky-talky-talky. This movie was horribly written. Well, don't you think that that's the payoff is that, you know, we go in, we, we're one room, we're not even in the mortuary, we see it detached through the, uh, as viewers, we see it again through a television set. But I'm sure at the end we'll be stuck, the, the characters will be stuck in there. I don't know, could be well-crafted. <laughs> who am I to say? I, well, you're a guy who didn't watch the film, listen to the uh, sound, and be going, oh my god, when is this scene going to end? <laughs> you know, well, there is a feature on YouTube. How's the wife and stuff like that? You never change the speed, huh? When you watch the YouTube videos? <laughs> or play five. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole mortuary is filled with zombies, Boodles. Oh no, here comes Phyllis Stiller at 1.5 speed. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. Phyllis Stiller. You know, one of my favorite Bob Hope Phyllis Stiller's movie that's been made is, uh, boy, I have the wrong number, or, uh, and boy, I have the wrong number. And there's one point where this they uh, girl passes out on sleeping pills, and Phyllis Stiller says, well, you know, if a girl has sleeping pills, she must have pep pills. Sure <laughs> enough, they find pep pills on her. <laughs> I guess back then, uh, we would carry sleeping pills and pep pills. I guess. Salt and pepper. I okay, so now, Mr. Anything I Say You Disagree With, go ahead and really turn up the sound and listen to this horrible backstory exposition. Are you listening? Turn it up. It is up. I got it up. This guy makes uh, Peter Falk look like a uh, piece of wood. All right, tell me what he's saying. Repeat it back to me. Go ahead. He said, oh, hang on. Hey, you got the, and that, and that. My finger goes this way. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> he's picking his nose. Look, I'm telling you, this movie was horribly written. You don't need to dis disagree with me. No, I don't know. I think what they were doing is establishing you're outside of the morgue, and then you're seeing Some, Sometimes movies are poorly <laughs> written, but if it's written and directed by someone, you can, sometimes the vision comes through, right? I mean, he's successful despite it. Um, well, he did three B movies. He did Harbinger in '96. He did Grant. Uh, he did Dark Thirty in '93, and he did The Boneyard in '91. Um, that the rest of it was the sculpting 
and he did special effects makeup for episodes of The Twilight Zone and The Hitchhiker in uh, 85 and 83. Oh, so the Twilight Zone. I actually watched a bunch of those. Yeah. So, I mean, he had a career in movies. He was just always on the creative, uh, you know, like, it's pre-production. What are these things going to look like? Let's employ some sculptors to help us out. And then he went on on his own to uh, direct movies. Now he's got $850,000 budget. He's got Phyllis Diller. He's got the guy who used to be on Peyton Place, right? He, right. He's got, uh, I, I think Norman. we're <laughs> Norman. Oh, yeah. And then he's got Norman Fell. So, so he's not a slouch. He made a movie. Okay. Right. So, one of the elevators is out, so he must bring the body through the lobby. Well, Phyllis Stiller will have none of that. That That's is a tacky. good regulation. What, because it's sanitary? Yeah. Well, it's okay to have a dog in a mortuary? Yeah. Did the dog, like, the body? Yes, and later we're going to have a little <laughs> bit of zombie licking. I don't like these mortuary. I don't, these morticians suck in this one. Yeah. They're either like feeding dead bodies to children, or uh, no, I don't know what's worse. Out of the the director wanted us to see that a screw fell out of the uh, the gurney. Okay, so when they I get to the elevator, it will collapse, and that's supposed to explain it for you. Oh well, he's a good director then, Carl. Uh, no. No, he, no, he's not like that. Uh, when he gets on to the gurney, uh, into the elevator, at least the first time I saw this movie, I did not understand why the gurney was collapsing. I did the second time I saw it, okay? Plus, the gurney collapsing provides some gross stuff, but nothing else. It doesn't pay off. So yeah, that's a relief. why do it? That's a relief, right? We're sick of the gross stuff now. Like as what, yeah, what a good stuff. director. He gave us relief. We're sick of the gross stuff in this movie. <laughs> and that's why I was fired from Disney. <laughs> so now Peyton Place guy is laying down the law, Jersey. This is what we're doing. This is an emergency corridor. so and so to get it fixed. He, like he somehow becomes the boss. Even though he's just some cop who's gone there to see a bo see bodies. You mean he's like a loud, obnoxious guy, pushy, and his name is what? He's a pushy, loud guy. Does he tailgate people? <laughs> Jersey? Jersey. Uh, his name is Jersey Callium, and I get your joke. Uh, I think that's a good joke. I'm going to write that the first joke of this show. They okay. call him Jersey because he tailgates everyone. <laughs> uh, he did a lot of B-movie stunt work for Roger Corman, 56 movie in 57 you know like swamp women attack of the crab monsters rock all sure. night in 57 carnival rock it goes carnival up rock. About eight to ten of them yeah that's like if i can't afford a carnival or a rock show i'd be like this is great thank you corman <laughs> two in yeah. one i went once to great adventure and saw the beach boys perform that was a carnival rock uh who was in the band do you remember uh well it was the crazy one um, Brian or Dennis? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And he was telling all about the different phases. Of, you know, first we wrote about surfing, then we wrote about cars, then we wrote about girls. 
<laughs> was it good? Do you, was it a good concert? Would you put it up there? Uh, it was like my first concert ever. Like I was a little kid. I don't even count it as a concert. Or maybe it was like I had been to concerts and I this was my third one. Like it was a big deal to me back in the day to go see concerts because it's something grownups did, like something right. big kids did. So I, I, I counted it for a while. And then after I had seen like 20 concerts, I said, that doesn't count, you little child. You know, <laughs> we're done. But then you started performing, and you made force people to watch concerts. I forced them. Yeah, me and Solnik <laughs> and Kanichi. We played the French club dinner, and everyone had to listen to it. Do you remember uh, Rock Against Enos? Yes. <laughs> In New Jersey, there was it's still around, and we actually we went there when we were in New Jersey, and I had just one taste of your pizza, and it brought me back. I still had the great taste. Mr. Dinos has some notoriety, and so – yeah. Kicked out Paul and Kenichi, so they they decided to have Rock Against Dinos. Right, a they put them a protest outside on the sidewalk with their drum kit and guitar. Yeah, that was great. They made a poster. I remember that. Yes, <laughs> come come out to Rock Against Dinos. <laughs> That's so great, man. And what else? Of course you're going. Of course you're going. You're a freshman. Of course. Yeah. You're going. I didn't go, even though it was like a block from my house. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was a, now yeah. she's got an object, and she's gonna have one of her visions. Now, where's Norman Fell? Uh, he fell. He's hiding behind glasses and a mustache. Here he is in the front right. You That's Norman Fell. Ponytail. Oh, look at him stretching. <laughs> Oh, he doesn't want people to know he was he Look. just did Transylvania. I saw it. It's the is undead alive. He hasn't noticed? Like no second. Oh, here comes a vision. Yeah, she's starting to have her vision. What she does is she gets a vibrator and she begins to use it. And then she starts to have a vision. Look, she's doing it right now. Oh, there's the <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't kiss it. Ouch, you cut you uh -huh. cut my hand to get blood. And I felt it in the real world. I am a stereotype. Yeah, what's where are they? Movie trope. Uh who knows? Vision I mean, Maybe are they in the woods? Are they in China? I guess, but somehow okay. When the the mortician was giving an interview, he said that his family was tied to help the demons come to life. Like there was a curse on their family. And I guess we're seeing a historic. He's having a vision of history when it, I don't know, happened in the 1200s. What do I know? Right. Well, it takes place, uh, I don't know, maybe down the street. Can you guys be quiet? I'm trying to get a psychic premonition. Oh, there we go. Whoa. Uh, Wait a minute, he's not in that little lunchroom with Holiday. You're right, she's in the morgue ward. Where Those they keep the bodies. Right. Now, she can see, coming through the door, Norman Fell, Peyton Place guy. Is she having, like, does she, like, move herself? What's it called when you can be in another? Project? 
Yeah, like Doctor Strange did. Well, we don't see her float around. Huh? Is there Tilden Swinton in there? From Doctor Strange? I'll explain my jokes. Okay. I think oh. that she could astro plane if she would do like a, like a zeppelin, like do helium. And then <laughs> float over, float over. Yeah. Uh oh. Someone's not doing your. They're supposed to be dead. You had one job. <laughs> the Goodyear psychic. Ah, uh, he's just Morning scratching, rest. waking up. Look at that boner they got when they wake up. It's, yeah, they call it, I woke up with wood. <laughs> that, yeah. At 55, you do not wake up with wood. <laughs> but if you were a zombie, you would. That would change it. <laughs> if, sometimes, right? Yeah. Sometimes if you didn't go pee, you really have to pee. And then you think you've got morning wood, but you didn't. You oh, just, it disappears the moment you pee. It just, yeah, it's like it's deflating, like the pee was in it. And it, it, <laughs> you pee it out. It goes... Bleh, bleh, bleh. My, my favorite is when it hits you and you wake up. You know, you like wake up at three or whatever. And then you get morning wood. And you're like, I'm the greatest. I still got it. Holy shit. Oh, is that Jeremy Piven? Go, no, man. it looks like him, right? That's Jeremy Pim. There, we get a first I can't. Spot I don't. I like do Norman not. Fell. He does not look like Norman Fell. I gotta maybe I'll raise the volume see if he sounds like Norman Fell. They so. wasted their actor here. No, these are comedic actors in a horror movie. It's perfectly apt to have them do something different. You know. Um, okay, so you got a B movie. It's going straight to video. If you want to help sell it, show me Mr. Roper. Show me Phyllis Diller. I want to see her wig on. You see what I'm saying? And what about yeah. this Peyton Place guy? Like, why cast him? Like, do we really know him? I mean, well, I mean, they probably got the actors they can get the actors for. Maybe they for you, Mike, role. you might like him from Police Academy Three. Yeah, I'm familiar with his work. Oh, you are. I never seen Peyton Place. I've never read the book. I never seen the movie. I never seen the TV show. He was in the movie Airport '75, and he was in the movie For the Love of Benji. Right, that's when they kill cats, sacrifice them. Right. For the love of For Benji. the love of Benji. <laughs> okay, this is really great. I want you to turn up the sound when Alrighty. it's time. Okay, look, Mike, be ready, be ready, because it's one of the only funny things about the movie. All right, you know, I have the sound on now. So. Well, I, then you're going to get discouraged and turn it down. You always do, as if we'll get arrested. I'll no, no, I'm going to keep it going. Fortunately, the sound sounds terrible, so. I can keep it in the background. Uh, there's an What's audience I'm talking about, Michael. Ba, 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 ba. Da, 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 da. Okay. She grabs the keys. Right. She runs for the elevator. The dog goes, sick him. She goes, sick him. So this is how the dog gets down into the morgue. Can't get through. That's okay. Phyllis Diller to the rescue. Sick him. Right. Okay. Keep the sound up because here comes our big joke. She got away with it.
Phyllis Diller. Take okay. the dog out. So there's a comedian in New Jersey, and I really don't appreciate it because I think it's too mean-spirited. But yes. that's his, not tagline, uh, catchphrase. That's his catchphrase. He does a joke about his ex-girlfriend, and uh -huh. then the audience screams out, fat bitch. Yeah. I think it's mean-spirited, but I mean, I've been around him so how many, often. How many years has he been doing this act? Like, more, I don't know the real answer, but it's over a year. It's pre-pandemic, you know? Don't you, he might want to move on with his life. Otherwise, uh, there'll be that ex-wife -co ex comic. My ex-wife, six years of my ex-wife. Yeah, you know what? Move on. Write some new material. Maybe life after six years of being divorced. Maybe there's something else, you know? So when I was watching this movie and it came to that point, I did a clip, pretty much the clip I told you to put the audio on, uh -huh. and I sent it to him. Oh, all right. <laughs> You're so funny. He'll add that. That's good. The audience needs to hear. That's Studio Six. This sound, the sound on this movie is a little bit lower than I remember. Yes, that's really true. I had it at a hundred percent, and I could hardly hear. Now your neighbors. I live in a mortuary. I don't want to wake up the zombies. Hey, yeah. Zombie poodles. That could be potentially dangerous. You know, maybe Phyllis was talking to her dog. That bitch. Fat, oh, that bitch? Oh, she said fat bitch. She, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. this guy's catchphrase. Is fat bitch? Yeah. I thought he it was that like, bitch. You said, like, oh, he should move on with his life. But this guy, he does his jokes aren't real. He, he's like a pun guy. He does like uh He's a misogynistic pun guy? <laughs> Divides like that fat bitch and jokes about that rhymes words that rhyme? He studied massage. Yeah, he's a misogynist now. And um anyway, anyway, I'm not a fan of that catchphrase. I think it's mean spirited. But yeah, I'm and you know what? You you have an audience and half the audience is you know, I mean half the audience is women is always a good audience. Uh-huh. But it's not true. It's usually the majority of women. And also, like, it's just you can throw people out with that. It's not – It's not. I mean, whatever. Some some comedians, you know, they, they stick with what they uh, – they die on the hill, they climb up, whatever the phrase is. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Guy, there's a cannibal in the mortuary. So right. So he, he had the vision that there were cannibals down – not cannibals. They're, like, undead, and they're eating corpses. I don't know. So then – he comes down to like warn the other people, Jersey and and uh, but she couldn't find them. Okay, so here she is now witnessing, and they're going to go after her, of course. Right, of course. I mean, talk about fresh meat. <laughs> they're eating corpses. Ew, right, babies. What? Oh no, those are dolls. Still, this is pretty. They're sick. kids. They're kids. Yeah, it's a doll. They're Asian kids. They're, it's just, uh, you know, it could be gross, but you don't have to get in the bed. And... I don't know. There was always like John Carpenter assault on uh, Precinct 13 and yeah. uh, Halloween 3. He would kill kids, you know, and there was a huge impact when the kid gets shot uh, at the ice cream truck. Do you remember that movie? In the 70s? No. So no. these criminals take an ice cream truck and, and uh, take over a police district, uh, precinct. And a kid goes up, and he shoots the kid. 
Oh my God! Why would they put that in a movie? I mean, even because though- they they used to, and I guess they you know well, why would you have like out of all the corpses you got to make the kids? I mean, it's I guess it's creepier that way. I guess. Now this is Deep Roy. No, really? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> From going bananas, he wore a monkey suit. Ah, uh, Jersey to the rescue. It's always Look a good Oh, of course he's got a gun. He's Jersey. I'm the Jersey kid. I'm the Jersey kid. Shit. Bullets don't work. Run. <laughs> I have a nickel every time I heard that. Hi. Live bodies. Un- undead. Open the door. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, hi. Not Norman Fell. Look at that. That's not even a rat tail. That's like when your hair gets kind of. There he is. There he is, Mr. Roper. Doo 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 Oh no, I'm not. I'm. I think I'm singing soap. But the oh, Ropers are similar. That, That's what it is. I thought but you I, were too young for soap because I was really little when soap was out. Soap went in syndication, so they would have the episodes oh, every night. So you okay. would watch five five episodes in a row in a week. You didn't have to wait every day. We had no idea we were binge watching. We were streaming. Well, what would happen is that you would miss an episode, and then you would have to wait for the whole season to wrap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, go around. 